Welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm Tony Guerra, pharmacist, publisher, and professional editor, bringing you interviews and advice on succeeding in your residency journey. You can sign up for the email list at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com to get your free LOI template or get editing help working one-on-one with me at residency.teachable.com. Let's get started with the show. Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Uh, I wanted to go through a bunch of Reddit posts uh, today because there seem to be a lot of questions and uh, misunderstanding how to uh, apply and how to get into uh, you know the residency that you want. So first things first, um, you know this is why is the number of applications for PGY one down this year? Um, said my program only received 15 applications for their PGY1 or general community hospital. And the first thing we want to do is we want to separate number of applications from number of applicants. Okay, so while the number of applicants may stay relatively stable, that is, you're probably going to lose another uh, 500 this year. Well, no, you're going to lose a quarter of 500. So it, residency sounds like everybody applies for it, and that is false. Uh, you're going to say about half of students apply. And so you're going to say, okay, well, pharmacy schools are down 500 graduates this year, and then about 250 uh, fewer applicants. So it's not really a ton. But uh, the big thing to kind of take away from this is um, when places have said, you know, you have to, you have to come in person. Uh, applications are definitely going to be down for something like that. You know, when you could just apply to all these places and interview on Zoom, it's so easy. Uh, but now, uh, definitely, uh, applications are down. Now, later, I'll talk a little bit about how PGY2 applications may be up a little bit. But uh, again, in general, it's going to be easier to get a, a residency this year than it was last year. Um, what do you do if you only get one residency or, uh, you know, anything less than f- really five interviews? And I think that you are at risk. Um, I have a, a couple of things that are free on the, you go to pharma- residency.teachable.com forward slash P forward slash interview. Uh, and I have a couple of, of different things, but the big thing is um, I have a preview on how to earn eight residency interviews and you can kind of match what you did or didn't do uh, to see how that works out, okay? Also, really understanding the interview day. I've got another uh, preview that you can use there. Uh, But again, those two freebies uh, can help you a little bit. But the real thing is that, you know, what are the reasons that someone is not getting an interview? And more importantly, what's going to happen with PGY, not PGY2, but phase two. Okay, so first thing is the toxic recommendation. Uh, The recommendation is really a misnomer because someone did not recommend you uh, or more than one. And if only one place out of 11 wants to interview you, here are the reasons that probably happened. Number one, you have a toxic recommendation. That is somebody said either does not recommend or just recommends rather than highly recommends. Second, you applied to too many out of state and out of region 
uh, residencies. So in general, one half of all residencies will go to students who are in state or in region, that is applying from the Midwest to the Midwest, applying from the Deep South to the Deep South. And this is more about their experience with them. This isn't applying to pharmacy school. Your graduating class, if you're in the graduating class this year, got accepted at 82%, right? And people will get accepted to residency at 82%. So it's almost the exact same. But that doesn't mean that you're going to get accepted to individual interviews at 82%. So it's a very different thing. So when we, we look at, you know, kind of where you applied, uh, as you're looking at those phase twos, really start where your state is and then, you know, work your way out. Uh, bad College of Pharmacy, if they've had a bad experience with other students there, you say, well, that's not me. It's not fair to me. Well, they're just, you know, they've worked with people from that school. People from that school are just, they accepted too many people, 100%, you know, acceptance rates, whatever it is. And they just said, you know, we're, we're just not really interested in, in doing that because we're going to get applicants from these other schools and uh, these other schools we've had good experiences with. So it's just a matter of making sure that you apply to places that your classmates in the year before got residencies because they're sold on you already. Um, LOI, well, the student said that their LOI was great. And that, that always makes me nervous when I see that in the singular. And what I mean is if they made an LOI and just changed the words to say, okay, I didn't actually make a custom LOI for each one. And you don't have to change everything, but you have to make clear that in every paragraph, or at least every other, that you have clearly put anything besides just their name. That is, you have matched your rotations to their offerings. Um, and then the interview may be enough. So um, just having a single interview, you can still get a residency. But with so few, you really should start applying to jobs for two reasons. One, so you have a job. But two, when you have a job, your confidence is much higher. And you know, worst thing that happens is you go make $100,000 or more working instead of $50,000 in a residency working twice as much. So it becomes very easy uh, to feel very good going into that one interview instead of, oh my gosh, I hope you take me. You're my only hope, you know, <clears throat> Star Wars. Luke, you're my only hope. All right. Uh, I have five interviews out of 10 apps. That's about average. That's really where you should be. Um, should have applied to 12. That's really the number you want. Um, I'm wanting to be ready for phase two and scramble if it gets to that point since it's a very fast turnaround. How does it work and what will I need for it? And can I use my letters of rec? Uh, you can reuse everything. This person got five interviews, so it would be reasonable for them to reuse because they know that their current materials got them interviews. The person before that, the one that got one interview for 11 applications, if they applied in-state, in-region, they definitely would want to figure out which one was the toxic recommendation. If they applied out-of-state, out-of-region, they could probably reuse them because it's just that they weren't familiar. We're going to get to a person who already, who's worried about getting 
uh, you know, getting in trouble because they said you're my number one choice. But to be honest, most residencies already have some people that they're thinking about and are ho hoping that they applied. But if you look at the rate at which you have early commit, When you look at the PGY2 filled earlies, you've got 600, 595 that were filled early. 1583 were the total number of positions. Okay, so you gotta go kinda all the way up here. So how many go into the match? About a thousand. Well, it's reasonable that one third of all PGY1s are already also already filled early. They're just not allowed to actually extend the invitation to the person. And you say, well, that, that's unfair. It's like, well, you're hiring for a job. You're not accepting someone to a pharmacy school. They're paying you. You're not paying them. So they want somebody who they know is going to be a good fit. And the easiest way to do that is to work with somebody you've already worked with. And, you know, a half day or whole day interview is no competition for somebody who spent five, six weeks there, or even maybe they've done two or three rotations there. So I would say that only one third of the programs that you apply to, you actually, two thirds of the programs that you apply to, you actually have a chance unless you are that person who they're like, hey, you know, you should apply. We'd really like you to apply. Wink, wink, you know. So let's kind of go back to this guy um, and, uh, you know, can someone give phase two and scramble details? Well, I got five interviews out of 10 apps and the other five that they didn't get, maybe one or two was just really not a fit, but the other ones are like, well, we already got somebody really. Um, and you're just not going to fit, you know, what it is, or we're actually being, it's actually a gift to get a rejection from a place that's already going to have somebody. Uh, hospital, pharmacy-related podcasts, critical care, emergency medicine. Um, that's Pharmacy Joe. Uh, that's that's a really great podcast for critical care. Uh, they've got a bunch of good stuff there. Um, we don't need to keep that up. Questions to ask. What are some good questions to ask preceptors, RPDs, and residents? Um, and I feel like that some seem uninterested when I ask broad questions. Um, and it helps me to understand the program better, especially if it's a Zoom interview. I feel like I bombed my interview because the preceptors seem bored and uninterested in getting to know me. Um, <clears throat> getting better, but uh, it's still not working. Um, so good questions are ones that really stop thinking about interview. Start thinking about if you're a person, would you want somebody to ask broad questions or would you like someone to ask very specific questions about you? So when you come prepared, don't have a list of questions to ask all residencies. You want to ask certain people that are there. So the way to get a residency is to connect with the people, uh, not to make sure that you show them that you're the, the best based on all this list of qualifications. So you should go in there knowing what each person is doing for their poster presentation or did for their poster presentation and ask questions about that. And then ask them, you know, how was it when you did it? So for example, if somebody asked me, okay, well, when you're in residency, uh, how did you do the math in 
and the statistics with your project. Oh, it was really cool. The, the PhDs really helped us out. You know, that is something I would be interested in telling them, you know, and they could ask me about, hey, you know, I heard you did vote in Vax, where you um, found out whether or not more people would get an immunization if it was at a voting booth. It was. You know, um, it was, there was a pharmacy literally across the street, literally across the street, walking distance across the street from the voting booth. And we had four times more vaccinations at the voting booth than across the street. So that would be an interesting conversation. The other thing it does is it shows, huh, this person's really interested in what we're doing and what we're doing here. Stop trying to impress them with all that you've done and just get really interested in who they are and what they are doing. Uh, anybody reapply after a few working years? Now's the best time to do it. Uh, application numbers are down. Uh, and there's a couple of reasons that people have been putting out there for it. It's not really the pharmacy school numbers yet. That's going to come in two years. So right now it's going to go down 500, down 500, down 500, down 1500 uh, is in terms of, you know, so you just take half of that. So 250 fewer this year in residency applications, 250 next year, 250 the year after that, and then another 750 or so uh, in the year after that. Assuming the, the retail, uh, job market is is continuing to be as strong as it is with signing bonuses and things but um, yeah if you if you reapply your chances have never been higher it's still lower than somebody graduating this year but it's it's relatively high and where can I look to find that well you go to ASHP match stats okay and when you look at the summary okay it oops that's not it when you look at the applicant summary Okay. They have this thing down here at the bottom where it says, you know, PGY1 applicants pre-2022. Okay. And this is phase, why is it? Phase, I don't want phase two. I just want phase one. Okay. Phase one should be applicants. Here we go. All right. Let me pause here. Yeah, this was it. All right. So we go down to the bottom here. And you see that match results by year of graduation. So 2022 graduates, okay? So 3,526 matched, 1,313 did not. So to figure out the percentage, you just put the number of unmatched, okay? Or the matched over the total. So 3,526 over 4,839. That's 72%. If you put the 162 over 289, it actually ends up being like around 52, 53%. So yes, your chances are higher uh, if, you, um, if, if you graduated this year, but they continue to go up. So I'm expecting an 80% match rate uh, this year for this year's graduates, and I'm expecting a 60% match rate for those uh, that are graduating uh, any year before that. But notice how few people there really are. Like very, very few people will go and try to apply for residency after they've already graduated. It's just so hard after you make so much money. <clears throat> um, In-person presentation questions. So just be careful, especially with the VAs. You cannot put anything in a VA computer. <laughs> it will not work. Uh, so, you know, whether it's Google Drive, uh, Box, um, 
you know, those types of things. But another idea is also to bring printed presentations. So make sure you have a printed copy. So if everything works horribly wrong and you can't get the electronic presentation up, uh, then go ahead and try to print them out if you're, if you're going in person. Uh, can you use the same letters of recommendation for phase two? Yes, you can. Do you want to? I talked about this earlier, but if you got a lot of interviews, but you didn't get a residency, then yes, you should use them again because you're going to get a lot of interviews. And it was just that uh, it didn't fit. The rankings didn't work out. They just picked other people, whatever it is. If you got one re like one or two, anything really less than 50%, I think, um, you would really want to take a look and see, is there a letter of recommendation that might not be the best? And can I upgrade that? So that's going to be the big thing. When I talk about PGY, not PGY2, phase two, the most important question is that you have to answer at the very beginning of your letter of intent is why did you get rejected? And I think Key Gales, if you want to look up that interview uh, on pharmacy.libson.com, that was the best one where he said to some extent that he just didn't interview well because he was applying for ambulatory and acute at the same time. And it just wasn't working. Like he, was, he just had to choose and he just never chose. And so that not knowing if I should be acute care or ambulatory really came out in the interview is, well, it sounds like you're not really sure. And if you're not really sure about what you want to do, we're not really sure for the place for you. As soon as he was sure what he wanted to do, Indiana, um, you know, <clears throat> very good program. Uh, that's a, a medical center. Uh, you know, took him no problem. He was the PICOA champion, got the highest PICOA score uh, in his class. So <clears throat> he was a good candidate. He just can't be wishy-washy with this stuff. How often and for what reasons do programs DNR candidates? I'll save you the trouble of reading it. <clears throat> it's basically if you're a jerk. Whether you're a jerk to your fellow people, whether you're a jerk to them, whether you say something inappropriate, or um, <clears throat> you just, you just someone they would never want to work with. Uh, that's why you get DNR. And DNRs do not rank. Um, but really, very few, 90% of all people that interview are going to get ranked. And I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of programs that are going to get their last choice this year. And that's going to be something that they can look at for next year. And you're going to see that programs will continue to improve uh, how they talk about themselves, the quality of life there, and those types of things. Because it's going to be rejection season for residencies uh, in March, I assure you of this. And they're going to be really surprised at how low it's going to go. I'll show you where it's gone, and it's kind of a shocking. And so when you look at this, this is the uh, program stats for phase one. Um, this is what I'm looking at down here at the bottom, the overall average. So this ratio is the number of the worst candidate you got. So to get an, a, a ratio of two, you would if you have eight open positions, you have gone down to your 16th candidate and divided it by the eight positions. So 
an average of 2.6 means that on average, the very last one, the average program had to go down to their 20, 20th choice. Okay, 20 over 8 makes 2.5, so um, maybe actually a little bit higher. So most programs went down to their 21st choice uh, if they had eight openings. Okay, so if they had four openings, right, they went to their 10th or 11th choice. Okay, when you go down and see what they had. Now, this is 2018, this is five years ago, it's ancient history. Now we see that they have to go down to their and it's 3.1 is the average, so we'll make this a lot bigger so you can see it as you that are looking on a phone. So if you look at 3.1, that means that if you have eight openings, you had to probably go to your 25th choice. So if you only have four, right, you had to go to your 13th choice. Now imagine being a program and you're, you have to go so far down your list um, to your 13th or 14th choice. And this number will go up again and they're not going to get the, the people that they want the most. Now, the thing is, is it doesn't tell you, is this like, did they get their number one, number two, number like one through seven and then have one bad apple? So if you're in residency and you're like, why does everybody not like me? Well, you might have been like the 30th choice and everybody else was like first through seventh or something like that. But it's just amazing that that's the middle. That's the middle. Fully half of their of the programs will have choices that are much higher. So when you go to that four and higher, and we're talking about 400 programs, uh, that had, you know, four and higher. When you get that ratio, that means that if you had eight openings, they went to their 32nd choice. Or if you have four openings, they went to their 16th choice. So they don't get anywhere near what you get. When you look at what students get or applicants, you're nowhere near dealing with any kind of ranking like that. Applicants, 2,000 of them, right, in PGY1 out of 3688, 60% got their first choice, right? That is huge. You know, that is not how it works on the residency side at all. When you go down and you go all the way down to third, 91% of applicants will get their first, second, or third choice. So you are in completely different land than those poor residencies that are getting, you know, choices that are that are much lower. The other thing is, is that the quality of applicants will continue to go down uh, as we continue to um, have this raise in the applicants. So the percentage of um, pharmacy school applicants accepted this graduating class was 82, then it goes to like 83, then like 84, then like 86, and then they cut it back some, back to around 84, 85. So uh, residencies are gonna be in a pickle. Uh, it is really a buyer's market. Um, so if you are a good candidate, um, you're going to get a very nice residency if you did things right. Um, Let's see. So DNR, again, I already kind of talked about that. And then PGY2, VENT. Um, 
Yeah, you know, with PGY2s, a lot of times it's 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 a little unexpected that you would be unhappy in PGY2 because in PGY1, the unhappiness comes from um, I really like peds and I only get to do two out of my 10 rotations in peds. But in PGY2, it's like I get to do 10 out of like eight of my 10 in peds. You know, what are you complaining about? But I understand that when it comes to PGY2, and you should read between the lines here, the most important thing in your PGY2 is the person that is your immediate boss. And I found this to be true over the 25 years I've worked. Uh, your immediate boss is the most important thing in terms of your happiness at a job. You may not be around them, but the culture they create, uh, the people that they hire, um, that is one of the most important things. So as you're looking at PGY2s, and if you are kind of deciding between two of them, pick the one with the better RPD or the better group that you're going to be doing um, rotations with. So, all right, well, we've gotten to 25 minutes. That's way past drive time. But uh, hopefully these uh, tips have been helpful. Again, I, I still help people with their uh, interviews. Um, this res this interview course is really for those people that um, have you know less than a 50% um, interview rate in terms of getting them. So if you applied to 10 and got less five or less, um, then this would probably be appropriate for you. It would definitely be something you want to do if you've only got one or two interviews, because you really don't have that leeway to have that throwaway interview where you're like, okay, I kind of get how the system works. And I've got a couple of freebies here. You can go see how your interview day is for free. Um, and then I've got a bunch about res uh, residency interview presentations and topics, uh, how to earn many interviews. Um, so I got a ton of freebie stuff um, if you know, money's a thing. But again, I just, I charge only, well, for two reasons. One, it's really a fundraiser for my three girls who will be going to college in the same year. Uh, and then also just to reduce the amount of work that I have, because if I made it free, I would just be doing this all day, every day. So residency.teachable.com forward slash P forward slash interview if you want to do the Rockstar interview prep. Uh, otherwise, um, yeah, it's funny. I, I haven't done many episodes because I've done 500 already. <laughs> And uh, it is crazy the number of downloads uh, that the podcast gets in January and February. So I'm glad I, I was able to, to kind of already get you what you need. Uh, but if there's anything that you need in terms of an episode or advice, uh, TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com. To the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You might also like to check out our available residency audiobooks at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com forward slash books, where you can get your first book free if you've never been on Audible before, or work one on one with me as a professional editor at residency.teachable.com. Feel free to send an invite to connect with me, Tony PharmD, on LinkedIn, or email me at tonythepharmacist at gmail.com with questions. Music was by Policy.